Hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. I'm looking at you. That's weird. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Yeah, we, we are. Close our eyes. We are in San Jose, California for Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference. Maybe you've heard of it. It's a little thing. It's not very big. And we're outdoors in front of the beautiful Hammer Theater where the Relay FM live event is going to happen later today. We're recording this. Let us, let us pay, pay you a word picture. On a, it's, it's blue. It's very blue. It's um, very blue. It's a Wednesday, not our tr- oh, yeah. sort of traditional Friday that we do this, but we didn't do it last Friday. That's true. So we're, and we're, we're not going to probably do yeah, it this Friday. We're splitting the difference. So we're here now, just you and me. Yeah. How's and your week? It's good. It's been, um, it's always interesting for me having made the transition to being somebody who doesn't attend the keynote. Uh, and I think, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but the, the keynote atmosphere is a very weird place to be and so being in town for the conference and watching the keynote i watched the keynote with several people uh, of our acquaintance including uh, mike hurley uh and a bunch of the relay crowd and that was good i actually really enjoyed that i really enjoy being in a room with like eight or ten people watching the keynote because you know you can kind of chit chat and comment on stuff as it's going on you can't really do that as much when you're in the room right it's hard to like sometimes we would like turn to each other and be like oh this thing right but like everyone is mostly so zoned into their own laptops sure. that nobody is really doing it and we were like you know we would like look at each other and be like oh what does that mean this or whatever or we'd be like cracking jokes about what's happening and it's just it's a much more relaxed atmosphere i did elbow renee ritchie when i figured out that we were seeing workflow <laughs> that did happen <laughs> maybe he would say that was yeah jason was really annoying he was commenting during the thing <laughs> But when you're watching a live stream all by yourself, it's not, you know, you can't. The live stream, that's right. Like, that's the whole, that's the spectrum, right? Like, I've watched the live streams at home by myself. And that's just like, all right, I'm taking some notes, you know, I'm chilling out or I'm tweeting or whatever. But, like, it's fun to watch with a few other people. Uh, and so I, I, enjoy, I kind of enjoy that. Like, I, I do miss going, like, the scrum and going in there. And it is definitely a an event, right? Like, the capital yeah. E event. So that has a totally different feel to it. But I, I think that this is a... I'm actually pretty happy with with getting to watch it in a small group of of like-minded Mac nerds. Sure. Everybody knows the references, too. That's the nice thing, right? right? Is that you can say, oh, look, that's what happened to Workflow. Or everybody just nods and is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of having to explain what is going on. Yeah, exactly. I'd imagine that uh, a lot of our listeners and subscribers – may work in places where somebody puts it on a screen in a conference sure. room yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and others probably just have it on at their desk as they're, as they're doing I, their I job. I definitely used to do that, and I definitely, I mean, I used to have the live blogs up, right? Like, back in the day, I would be at, my, at work, at my desk, and I would have the little live blog before my Macworld days, like my little live blog going uh, and just refreshing. Yep. <laughs> Good Constantly, times. yeah. That was back before there were even like JavaScript refreshes on pages. Oh yeah, so you just literally had to just you look at the, the timestamp, and then you would be yeah. like, "Oh nope, it hasn't updated in five minutes." And then you hit it like three or four times, like, "No, I haven't written anything yet." I think we put a meta refresh in ours so that like if you didn't hit reload after thirty seconds or a minute, it would just reload the page for right. you. Right. But uh, yeah, things were primitive. Browser technology has come a long that, way. That was, that was back in the day when at one point Apple specifically said no live blogging when, yes. when we went into the venues, which was like, yeah. why would that be a thing? But they, is, that was what they did. I mean, like the time they tried to make us get all off the Wi-Fi. Um, ah, yes. Steve Jobs yelled at us. Uh, yeah, anyways, I, didn't, I didn't get off. I was I, there. To, I, I know. You told to, me not to. And I, I was, was like, right. I like, kind of looked at you and you're like, no. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's for the developers. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> Not us. We had to report. So it was it was a an interesting keynote. There were parts of it that you know we were looking around the room at each other and being like, "This is 
what it, what it, why are they talking about these things? Like, and some some of it was stuff that paid off later, but some of it was also stuff that felt like they needed to pad some stuff out. Like, it was a two plus hour keynote, and there was I would say there was probably like twenty minutes of stuff that they could have just skipped. Well, I feel like at WWDC especially, we always get the obligatory too long game demo. Yeah, and this time it was the obligatory too long augmented AR reality demo, yeah. demo um, from Lego. And that was that was too long. That was I had I I, a member of the press who people may know, but I will not name, um, who was sitting near me, um, not next to me, just looked at me and and made reference to those old keynotes that that like when um, when they were showing the megahertz myth. Yes, and you're like, why is this taking so long? It was like it it, it, it did have that feeling. It was too long. But I, I want to. I just want to say, I feel like. That's always the case. Like, there's always an interminable game demo. It wasn't just the game demos. Like for for us, it was in the room. You know, sitting like the amount of time they spent on Apple TV, where there was oh, yeah. so there little was, that was, was actually new, and it was like, why why are we spending this much time? You could have just hit the hit the high notes and gotten out. Yeah, and I've I've seen people liken that to like a Google event of old where it felt like everybody in the hierarchy needed to get their stage right, time whether or right. not they had anything to say. I don't think that's quite right. I think it's that Apple has four platforms yes. and they don't want you to forget one of them. Yeah. And if they omitted Apple TV or didn't it would have, have been anybody a big at, deal. the Kremlinologists yes. would be going bananas, right? So right. so they did it and they carted it out and there was not a lot there and that's I, I that is kind of telling although Apple TV is on the slower cycle, and there was a big Apple TV release last year. Yep. So this year, not so much. Even though it's not like it doesn't need help, it just oh, it does, that's that's the thing. The thing that, that was most surprising was like we got nothing. all of us could have named maybe half a dozen things that we would like them to improve, and very few of those things actually made the cut. Well, and so much of what they're doing, though, and you could see it with their their deal with Charter when they talked about Canal Plus. Yep. Which Plus, I'm going to call Canal Plus. Plus because I don't speak French. Um, that that little thing is a plus. I think it's, 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 it's not French. I didn't see that it came from France. It was Sacre just a bleu. plus. Okay, thank you. You you do the French. I don't do the French. Um, Yannick Avarut Pawlowski. Sorry, that's Russian. <laughs> that's totally, uh, no, <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready for Yannis, this. Yannish Nayev. Yannish I don't do Russian either. I, I I did some German. That's about it. Get Glenn Fleischman on the phone. Anyway, um. So much of their stuff was partners, right? Like, yeah. be, and, and that shows you how hamstrung they are in in a lot of ways because right. of their partnership. As as dumb as it was to say, well, you know, Charter Cable is doing zero uh, zero sign on, sign on, and uh, and cable boxes and all that. Like, those are all deals uh, yeah. we, we've yeah. seen now, and these deals show it that like if Xfinity. Comcast wanted to put their app, which is on the iPad, and we talked about this. Like it's it's a cable box app yeah. on the iPad. Sure, they could put that on the Apple TV and say, just use this as your cable box. And they haven't because they probably got some other business strategy, and they right. or they want more money out of Apple, or who knows what the deal is. But that's what it is. And the same with the configuration. I can log in to in Chrome because I don't have Flash on my on my Safari in Chrome to HBO Go. Right. And it doesn't have me log in. That's zero sign in mm. because it knows I'm when I'm at home because right. I'm on Comcast. Right. And it knows who I am and it knows that I'm fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so they could do that on Apple TV, but presumably they would have to make some sort of they deal. Need, right. That's the thing. It requires the participation yeah. of the, of and the, the and, ISP. And the technical participation, right? Because there was right. obviously Absolutely. something very it's particular to let you look at, a, a, you know, the source of the cable modem. Compare it to a, an account a, a database, subscriber, yeah, and that that is complicated. It's not just the 
the, the money, the money yeah, managers, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's it's there's technical well, the, and issues, that, and that's too. the thing I wondered about when they started talking about it because of course I'm sitting here going, I'm a I'm a Comcast subscriber, but I don't subscribe to TV, right? Uh, and so so they, it's like they're not like they just be like, oh, you're on the Comcast network. Here's all the stuff. Like yeah. that Comcast would be. Well, and if you don't off. subscribe to HBO, you don't get it to, right. to see. And HBO. yet I do have like their weird streaming package, so I do have some access, but I don't have right. like a full TV package. And that's the technical so, part. Of it. We yeah. have just spent more time on Apple TV <laughs> than Apple did. <laughs> well, the other part of that that I thought was really interesting was that some of it felt a little bit like a holding pattern because we all know that Apple is producing its own shows. Like, it's the open sure. secret that Apple is like, Apple's not telling anybody this, right. but everybody knows it. It's public knowledge. Like, uh, I had somebody uh, try to tell me that was just a rumor the other day, and I'm like, no, you know, no, 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 when no. Variety <laughs> reports yeah, that, when, that, that when these guys have made these when deals. When you're spending a billion dollars on it, like... It's a done deal. Sorry. <laughs> it's a done deal. So, you know, we'll, we'll find out about that when they're good and ready, but it also some of it feels like a holding pattern waiting for sure. them to drop that shoe. Almost uh, certainly. And I'm sure some of that is like negotiation tactics too, right? Because it's like, well, we want to make these deals, but we also don't want to be seen as like a competitor. Like, so yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fine line to walk for sure. Yeah, it's a weird, weird, weird product. Anyways, yeah, good thing we spent all this time talking about Apple, Apple TV. TV. This is the Apple TV podcast <laughs> uh, brought to you by Joe Steele. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> reference acknowledged. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Um, iOS stuff we should yeah. you know, we might as well talk about it. I mean every every podcast is talking about it. is there something that is particularly hit you we were just oh, across the street at yeah. social policy the the place that is so popular now because marco promoted it that not even marco <laughs> can eat there anymore <laughs> uh, but sitting outside gotta there get there early a bunch of people we know mike hurley david sparks was there uh Cedric Gray, yeah and uh, marco and tiff arment and um and we were talking about memoji mm-hmm and you know how this time feels different in a way that the that the it this feels like it has more legs yes. than even an emoji in in the yes. sense that it, in the way they implemented it it's really and you got to make yourself a memoji yeah, I haven't I, done uh, that yet. a friend of ours had the beta installed and he's like oh you want to oh, set it boy. up <laughs> uh, apparently he's like oh it's very stable and then it crashed twice during the <laughs> uh, which was amusing but. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead, set it up. Because uh, you can set up as many as you want, I think. I'm not sure there's a limit on it. Yeah, but you like, just keep adding more emojis. Yeah. Um, so you could have one that looks like you. You could have one that looks like the Hulk. You could have one that looks like the anonymous guy. You know, it's basically the sky's the limit. Um, and so I, I spent some time, and I really, like, was going through and trying to pick out stuff. And, you know, I, I think these um, these kinds of things are always interesting. We talked a little bit about both the me on Nintendo and the uh, Xbox avatars. And, you know... You can get stuff that looks pretty good, like as as opposed like close. It has that that ring of like you, right? Like it's recognizable. Um, and I think the Memoji are pretty good at that. I think there's still some because they're they all are going to look like the Apple Emoji. There's still some limitation into like how close you can get it. Like I think mine, the one I made is is decent, but it's not like uncannily like oh that's immediately well, you. And somebody pointed out like Tim Cook's got a long face, and the the emoji yeah, it's, it's face short. shape is not long. Right. There are options to change it, but none that quite the hit quite, quite and get. Somebody it. was talking. You were talking to someone about the whole like the salt and pepper hair versus white hair oh, or yeah. dark yeah, hair. Yeah, that's right. I'm in this uh, really uncanny valley where my hair is gray enough that I could choose gray hair, but then it's like totally shock white right which is not my hair my hair has got both white and black in it it's increasingly white but it's it's still not it's neither of those is going to be an option you know maybe they'll have options for that but right but i, but I it's still it's still pretty good and the and the thing that got me as i was saying to you was that it doesn't feel 
and, and Gray was talking this when we were talking to him about it. It doesn't feel creepy. There's something about yeah. it that is very lively and very reminiscent of something like a Pixar, um, like which is that you know creating something that is not trying to hew to the real. Right, but it, yeah, they're creating a cartoon character version of you, right. and then using that face um, detection, machine learning, using the sensor on the iPhone 10. And and soon, by the way, can we say as a sidebar, no hardware here, but you look at the software very clearly, soon the, that camera is going to be on every iPhone sure. and every iPad that yep. Apple sells. Yep. Um, but using that to get the facial expressions, getting the eyes, getting all of that stuff right. And I'm reminded that my kids would spend... And you said your girlfriend does this on the Xbox too. It's like I found my favorite game. It's yeah. when I make my I, I make avatars. Yeah, and my kids exactly. do that all the time yeah. with the Wii, with the, what they called Mies, which mm-hmm. is like it's so close. And I just I feel like this is going to be the start of something that it's not just going to be. First off, it's already not just a, in messages, right? It's going to be in FaceTime yeah. along with an emoji. It does and, creep me out a little bit in FaceTime. <laughs> it's it's weird, but I feel like where this is going to go is that is. Since it's somebody representing you, yes. Instead of it being like I am a pig, yeah, <laughs> it's like right, it's right. me. That they, I would imagine they're going to put this everywhere. And I was saying over across the street that um, I I kind of want the emoji picker to use right. my character, and then whatever expression I choose, instead of me posing, even it's like here's the smiley face, and it just is me smiling. My, yeah, I, my I, I would be shocked if it, that was not a thing. Right, like where it just, next very next it just turns all suddenly all the emoji are actually just images representing you, which you know in certain places you can't do that because you have to attach a custom image and all that. Right, but sure. But in other places, I can see Apple doing that app as like, you're like a little icon for you when you log in and stuff. That you, right, the right. other option will be to just use your Memoji, have it sync across iCloud and all of that. It just it, it this feels like it has more legs, and it's not that everybody's going to love it. It is silly, it is frivolous, but it, it just feels like something that people are going to enjoy playing with. Yeah, and that have. Having that kind of uh, emoji representation of them as a way to express. I mean, people will say that emoji are stupid, right? Sure. And, like, if, if you think emoji are stupid, guess what? Emoji are also stupid. <laughs> yes. But you also may be in the minority. <laughs> but you may be in the minority. Exactly right. Um, so that was interesting. I thought there's a bunch of stuff in for – a, for a release that, you know, I think there was a lot of expectation setting that it was not – this is not going to be a huge release. I think iOS 12 was actually still pretty meaty. In terms of yeah, the stuff it brought. There's a lot in there. And I want to call out because we get so um, caught up in the new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's something that we've talked about in the past. Like, I, I went off on a rant, I think, when uh, we were talking about the battery stuff. Yeah. On, on somewhere here or Upgrade or something about how I felt like Apple likes to take a lot of credit for keeping their OSs compatible with older hardware. Mm-hmm. But it feels very much, based on everybody's stories, including my family's stories, Same here. that when you're using an, one of those old ones that's supported, it is a terrible experience. Yes. And those devices grind to a crawl. And what I said at the time was, it feels like there's nobody at Apple actually using those devices. Using those yeah. devices. They're, they're all on the latest They work and at Apple. They're yeah. using the latest and greatest. Of course they are. But... When you're developing a new version of iOS and nobody's using an iPhone 6, is it any wonder that the iPhone ex- right. 6 experience is de- degraded? Or degraded? Degraded? Degradation degraded. through degrading Degrading. of grades. Of the grades. Okay. It's been a week. Um, so my point is, what they said on stage wasn't that they're doing anything new, but it's clear that like they, they were communicating <laughs> that people in Apple are using iPhone 6s to test performance on iOS 12 and it's like hallelujah that is a phone that yeah. came out in 2014 
it, so it's a four-year-old model compared to the new iPhone that'll come out, and with iOS twelve, right? And they're testing on it, right? And that's what they should do it, if they're going to leave it compatible. Yeah, and it's not, are. and it's not that that phone is ever going to be as good as the phone that comes out Certainly this not. year, right? But, but you want just, it to be usable. I, and I thought you and I were last night at the uh, at the talk show at John Gruber's mm-hmm. talk show, and one of his guests was Greg Joswiak. Jaws. Jaws. Uh, and I thought he made the perfect point when he talked about this, right? Because you know, obviously, this has long been a conspiracy theory thing. Apple's slowing down my phone, so I'll have to buy a new phone. And I thought he made the brilliant point of like, who's going to buy a new phone from the like, oh man, this this phone really sucks. I'm going to go buy a new phone from give a bunch of money to the same people, right? Like, that makes I, I, people are uniformly angry. And I wrote a, I actually had written a column, which was funny because I wrote it before that show, but it's probably not going to come out until after the show, <laughs> where I said kind of the same thing, right? Like. Uh, people are going to be bitter. People are going to be bitter if they feel like I got to go spend a bunch of money to fix this thing that's that's not working from this this provider, right? And like that's not the image that Apple likes to exactly. put forward of itself. Right? Apple Apple wants you to use your phone for two years or three years or four years, knowing that that costs them some money because they want customer sat. Right? right. That's the yeah. Tim Cook drinking game. Yeah. Do you mention customer sat? They mentioned it a lot at the keynote. But it does come down to they want people to enjoy their Apple phone experience so that they'll get a new iPhone they, the next time. And they want to entice you, right? right? They want you to look at the phone and go, oh, look at all those cool things that I'll be able to do. Look at the Memoji I'll right. be able to make. And this is what was maddening yeah. about the fact that iOS didn't seem to be properly tested on older devices because it was like they just – it was a hole in their vision. Yeah. It was, it was, they didn't get it. And it was not a, It was not a, an evil plan. It was. It was. It was, it was incompetence, you can, not malicious. You can see how clearly yeah. it is. It's like everybody who works on this stuff has the latest and greatest hardware. They don't check the older hardware. Right. And somebody. I know it's not glamorous, but somebody's got to check the older hardware. Right. And so, if, you're, if you're gonna maintain that, yeah. right? It's like one thing if you're gonna do that. It's one thing if you're gonna like just be like, no, it's just the last two years of devices, like, and we're just always rolling. But they want to keep that 5S. They, they want to keep on there that and, 5S on there. So how do you do that? And that's a management challenge. I think. I think about how you do that. It's like, do you provide incentives? to the engineers who are working on performance on based on the uh, how many X performance on an iPhone 6? Do you, mm-hmm. do you like, say, this is what we're going to measure? Right. You so, make people carry 5Ss uh, and 6s? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, or, or at the very least, judge them based on the iPhone 6 things. It's like, look, look, we know this is also going to make the iPhone 10 in- incredibly fast, but we're going to judge you based on how the iPhone 6 does. Yeah. Let's look at that and see what we're doing. And that's just, again, they just had to have that self-realization and they seem to have yeah that. and I, I think for me I, I am cautiously optimistic about that i am curious to see if it pans out and actually ends up being usable because right. people are going to be trying that immediately yeah. right like you're, you're if you're dropping that promise people are going to be like holding you to it yeah in fact what i think the, the impression that i got is they want they want the message this fall to be yes iphone 6 users upgrade to ios 12 for a faster phone yes Absolutely. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I, I, I think that was a uh, an interesting move. And I have heard, I was talking to someone the other night who uh, who is uh, an Apple employee that I know. And he, you know, it's like, oh, the performance stuff is real. Like, they've got a real team working on that. Like, that is a big deal. Like, they are they are working hard on that. So, seems like yeah. it's a thing. I'm but. encouraged by that. So, uh, Mac OS Mojave. Yeah. We've moved out of the mountains and into the desert. The Mojave Desert. I believe it's pronounced Mojave. I've yeah. heard it both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew. I knew when the the rumor, the leak, kind of happened, and we realized it was going to be Mojave. I was like, "Oh boy!" Begin the Mojaves. Although it's it's easier to pronounce than um, El Capitan, El Capitan. <laughs> or Yosemite. People who don't know what Yosemite, yeah, Yosemite. is, they're like, uh, well, people were confused about the S at the end of Mavericks. Yeah, exactly. So here we are, Mojave. 
Uh, so that's setting us up next year, by the way, for Mac OS Death Valley. Oops. Uh, anyway, um, probably not. Though I walk through the shadow. The, I do the actually. What it sets us up for is Mac OS Joshua Tree next year, which will be great. Cause oh, you then you do come, come back. That'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs> um, dark mode. Everybody's talking about dark mode. Yeah. I think it's really funny because it's. I get why. Like all my demos of it were in dark mode. Sure. And it's like I get it. I get that it looks new and different. And so and it's one of the striking features of the OS. I think in the long run it will matter to some people and like really not matter to most people. Yeah. I think it is. It is intriguing though because I remember this being. I remember reading my Macworld magazines in the late 90s when Copeland was, you know, a thing. Right. And, like, all the themes and, like, oh, look at this cool dark mode. And it's, like, I think I tweeted, like, I've literally been waiting for this for 20 years. Well, and remember, <laughs> they had they had that whole dark mode thing that looked like it was coming, like, three or four years ago. And it turned mm-hmm. out that it was the dark the menu, menu bar. bar which, which I do like, use what? on some of my computers. You, but So it sounds like, I mean, you can do a keyboard shortcut to, to switch modes. I think it does it automatically, too, like Night Shift. And I think, it, yeah. I think you can set it to do it automatically, which, which is my favorite like idea that. here because... For me, if I'm in my well-lit room with the sun streaming in the windows and all of that, I don't think I want the dark mode then. But yeah, there are circumstances where it gets dark out where my screen is way too bright. And like I'd like a lot of stuff to go from being black text on white background to white text on black background. And I'd really like to be able to have that all happen at once rather than have to go into every app sure, and right. make say, make, can you make this dark mode They, they even had on the, um, on the website, there's a demo of they have a wallpaper. That like changes, yeah. The the desert wallpaper changes like from day to night along with your screen. Yeah, the which dark is the cool. dark mode. When you switch into dark mode, it goes from the day uh, uh, background to the night background, mm-hmm. which makes. Uh, I think one of the things that people are going to have fun with, I mean, for all I know, Steve Trouton-Smith has already figured this out, although he seems to be busy um, taking his iOS code base and forcing it through into yeah, uh, onto the, Mac to the Mac a yeah. year early, which is hilarious. I love that guy. He is just going to take that thing. A, 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 a little sidebar. We'll get back to dark mode, but um, a little sidebar is people are like, well, why did Apple talk about this stuff now? And they know. And the answer is about the iOS stuff. Yeah. They know that there are people like Steve Trouton-Smith mm-hmm. Not just him, but him. He's a great example of it. Who are going to pick apart the beta the moment it's released and sure. figure out everything. If they've got four apps in there that are actually using iOS resources, um, they, they're going to they're going to discover it and write about it immediately. Right. So right. Apple really kind of had no choice if they were going to ship those apps. They had to talk about it, yeah, or just let the speculation begin. And, and, and so they got ahead of it, and they wanted to ship their own apps now, as opposed to waiting a year when it would be available to everyone else, so that they could kind of eat their own dog food and like see that it works and have a conversation with developers uh, yeah. ongoing and with the media and and how, what are their lessons learned. My point is though yeah, that yeah. that that Steve and other people like him are also probably doing things like figuring out. Um, what's the format for the backdrops that change over time and that there's a night version and a day version because everybody's going to want to start making um, packs of moving wallpapers and things like that, which has been a thing on the Mac for decades, but is now like in the system. Yep, yeah, yeah. That will be really interesting to see. But yeah, so dark mode, I think, you know, it's certainly, like you said, I think it's, it's very front and center. It's very in your face. I, I don't know how many people end up using it. I don't know that it will end up being a huge deal, but it's cool. There were a couple other things like that, that felt like they had been. I swear, I remember the uh, stacks. I swear, I remember that being a thing in like one of the proposed next-gen Mac OSs back in the nineties. Uh, I don't remember if that was like in Next or something. And it's but. funny because it's just the desktop stacks. It's literally just the stacks. It's an icon code yeah, from, from the, the dock. dock. Yeah. 
um, and some auto cleanup that's happening. Yeah. And it's only in the, the desktop, which is the Finder. Um, it's not in the file system or anything. If, right. you, you, if you use the file system to look at the desktop. The files. Yeah, which I was thinking, actually, it would be awfully nice if you use the open dialog box and, and looked at the desktop. It showed you the stacks. Yeah. It does not. Right. <laughs> but but um, as somebody, as I said on Upgrade, I'm an inveterate uh, desktop crap thrower, yeah. I think is what I said. I put lots of stuff out on my desktop, so I can see the appeal of something like this. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, And larger, the attention given to the Finder in the Mac OS here is probably the most attention given right? to the Finder in like a decade. Yeah, the, the whole the, the whole new um, the new uh, view, the new uh, yeah the gallery view, uh, cover flow two point yeah that basically. <laughs> I actually what I really loved is that it, it may be that it just doesn't work right in the beta, but people are like you know people have icon views and they got uh, list views. And now we're introducing this view, and it's like you have just skipped over the the multi column browser. That was Steve Jobs' favorite thing. It's like the most like representative the thing from Next. Yeah, that yeah. made it to the Mac is that column view. I hate it. I love column view. <laughs> I love column view. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I love it to preview stuff. I do love yeah. it to preview stuff. Well, it looks like you'll have another option. For I that have another with option the, uh, for that the gallery, gallery view. I'm fascinated by this because uh, they talk a lot about exposing metadata, especially you know photos was obviously the big highlighted thing there, but it sounded like. Uh, other types of yeah. media, certainly. All the different types of media have metadata that is displayed. It's like preview, basically. Right. And you can set which ones display. Yeah, There's a finder menu item to set like well, which ones like you want to see. Because I, you know, for also doing podcast stuff, I often look at a file and I'm like, oh god, you know, what bit rate is this at or something? And like some of the stuff is exposed in the finder, but it's really inconsistent. And really, you just have to open it in an app and look. And yeah. so the idea of being able to have access to that. Uh, right in the Finder is cool. Right, because the Finder knows about that stuff because it's all uh, indexed for Spotlight and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. All that metadata has been there for they years. Expose it. Uh, um, but then they expose it. And then they also have the, the ability to do quick actions on yeah, it, which, which is, is including cool. automator actions, which I know you know it seems like automator Apple script is kind of old news, but you can use that those services, which have been, again, built into the Finder from it's the beginning. Mac OS X, yeah. Basically. Um, but that there, there are automation plugins for the Finder that are being exposed in a different way in, in Mojave. And they let you do, as they mentioned on stage, which is amazing, um, they let you do Automator or Shell Scripts mm -hmm. or Apple Scripts. So it's not just, like, I, I use those all the time for podcast workflow. And they're mostly Shell Scripts, not yeah. even Apple Scripts. They're, they're Shell Scripts adapted from stuff that Marco Arment gave me that right, he was right. using. Because he's a master Shell Scripter and I'm not. But, like... So that could be super nerdy, but in the end, what you've got is an icon you click in the Finder, which, you know, that's why I put all this stuff in, into services, right. is that I don't want to open the terminal and run that shell yes. script. I want to just click on a file and go change it and have it and click on a button and it changes it. And you can do that with this, which is really awesome. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that this is, it's fascinating to see, and it's one of those things that, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the iOS apps on the Mac, and there was the big, you know question are, are you merging ios and the mac and the big no, no. Uh, and the uh the, the fact that they're spending all this time on the finder of all things and automation and all this really to me does indicate like yeah, people still care about the mac right like apple yeah. still cares about the Mac. and it strikes me that maybe the lens that they're looking at at mac os development now through is what does the mac do that iOS doesn't do. Right. And, like, Finder is a good example. Yep. yep. Um, and, and leaning into... Working with files. Files, you know. uh, the shell scripting yep. and stuff that is not there. Um, and then 
and and the bigger so the big picture here they they dropped that big no down and that didn't actually stop anybody from musing no. about where exactly they are going with the Mac and iOS and looking at the marzipan or whatever they end up choosing to call it sneak peek <laughs> sneak peek um, of iOS apps running on the Mac I mean that is also part of the Mac's future very clearly is they they want developers of iOS apps who very easily move their apps to the Mac and so it's it's it might fail at which point that says I think really bad things about the Mac's future yeah. but let's assume it succeeds the Mac is now this kind of interesting platform where they've got where where what the Mac is is a bunch of software that was kind of targeted for iOS but now it's kind of targeted for Apple platforms. I don't yep. want to say it's moved or it's still an iOS app. I'm going to say that that we redefined it as targeted for all Apple platforms instead right. of it being like iPhone or iPhone and iPad and it'll be iPhone, iPad and Mac and the iP- the iPad and Mac feel a little bit closer together because they're both bigger screen devices. And it does make you think, okay, now the Mac is two things. The Mac is this kind of application platform in different shapes and sizes running these apps that are sourced from iOS. And it's all the stuff that iOS doesn't do. Right, right. And, that, and, and it's like a superset. It's, it's very interesting to me. I was just thinking about all – so, you know, there are a couple different things that are targeted here with this whole iOS apps on the Mac thing, right? Like last night at the talk show, one of the things that John Gruber brought up was these Electron apps, right? Like apps that are web apps but basically turned into Mac right. apps. Slack so writes an Slack iOS app. Slack is a great app, example. But on the Mac, they just stuff a web page and inside And so the question is, you know, if you are Slack and you're looking at your options, do you think, well, we could just port our iOS app instead? Like, will that be better? I don't know. They, they they may weigh our options, right? We don't know enough of their engineering workflow, right. but it but could be. But it's possible. I, I, and yeah. I wrote a piece at Macworld like a month ago about, uh, based on these rumors, it was basically like, well, what iOS apps do I have that I wish I had on my Mac? Right. And there are, there are a bunch. Uh, a lot of the video providers don't do, they just say, they kick you to a flash page, right? Yeah. On, on, yeah. on a web browser. And I'd much rather have that running natively on my Mac and being able to put it sure. in picture in picture and stuff like that. There's yeah, like, and, and, and MLB's app is way better than MLB's website on my Mac. And so that's <laughs> one vector. But what's interesting to me is there's another vector, which is if you have an iOS app and a Mac app now, and I think in particular, like, I use the RSS Reader Reader. Right. Now, I think that's just one dude. And, like, if you're maintaining both an iOS Mac app and a Mac app, and presumably you can already share some of your code. But, sure. like, this potentially makes your job a lot easier. Potentially. But, like, it's also a question of do you sacrifice the things that you built into your Mac app? Right. Does I, this, it might be like a short term takes a lot of work, but long term may be easier to support. I right. don't know. I, but it's I don't an know. I, I think clearly their initial thought here is to get people who are not comfortable with AppKit, which is what is used to build apps on the Mac, uh, but are comfortable with UIKit, which is used to build apps on iOS, for those people to come over. And and like Marco Arment is a great example. He has an iOS app. It's overcast. He could bring it to the Mac, but he literally doesn't know anything about Mac development. He created a forecast. It's rudimentary. I love it. Yeah, it's a great tool. But, you know, it's like his skills are not there. Yeah. And... With this approach, he could totally do it. And I think that's their first target is, like, every iOS developer uses a Mac. Every single one of them uses a Mac. You have to use a Mac and Xcode to build those apps. Sort of a low-hanging fruit situation. So it's right right there. Your app can now be on your Mac, too. And and, uh, uh, as an iPad fan... And it can be better. Like even Apple, there were there were iOS apps that Apple built that they didn't bother to put on the iPad. Yeah, right, right. And as a part of this process, and they didn't say this, but it's very clear. Like one of the reasons that Stocks is now on the iPad stocks. is because, which is a dumb app. I don't like it. Sorry <laughs> to fans of stocks. stocks. I just don't care. Yeah. But um, 
but stocks is now on the iPad, it's because they were doing the work for the Mac. Right. And the iPad gets to come along because they're envisioning what does this look like on a larger screen right. and can we build them across all three of these devices. There, there are interesting questions to me, too, about apps that Apple makes that um, already have a Mac and iOS analog, right? Because, like, clearly the apps they targeted with this were you know, not, only, not only the apps that weren't there, but apps that are fairly simple stocks and news right like there's not sure. a lot there a lot of it is consumption home app. pulling stuff down home right? app yeah, is just a not, bunch of buttons and and so you look at the other apps that are there and i think about something like notes right like could they deploy I, this more easily in notes could it might they go back and read notes think. but then you start thinking about like mail and safari it's like well those things are like really intrinsically linked yeah. to the os well i was thinking about like the the music app People yeah, have speculated, sure. like, would they bring the music app and kill iTunes? It's like, Please. maybe, but I'll tell you, um, I don't want the music app no. as it currently is designed on my Mac because it's not... It's not great. It's not great. Like, it, and, and it won't a, work on, well on a Mac either. On, on a Mac, I can, like, scroll and find an artist. Like, it would be a very different paradigm. But right, right. The other interesting thing is there are apps in Mojave... <laughs> And this is this is one of these extra ramifications. It's not that we're just seeing Apple experiment with what happens when you take iOS apps and move them to the Mac. Mm-hmm. We're also seeing Apple simultaneously kind of defining a new style for Mac apps. Yes. Because yeah. the Mac App Store is not an app that they brought from iOS. It's not the iOS App Store app that they brought. But it looks just like those other apps that they yeah. brought from iOS, which suggests to me that part of this story is not just we're bringing, making it easy to bring iOS apps to the Mac. Part of it is also saying, you know what? We think in the future Mac apps are going to look like this too. Yeah. They're going to be more single window based if they can be. They're going to have that sidebar side down yeah. the left side. Yeah. They're going to be more reminiscent of an iPad app. Sure. And that, that, that way they can keep some app consistency on the on the Mac right. platform, but it does have the net result of having the Mac look more iOS-like. Yeah, and it won't be across the board, right? Because there's still plenty of no. Mac developers. Final Cut's who, not going to look like that. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm thinking stuff it's not like Rogue Amoeba like stuff. Yeah, right. Right. Like, you know, there's all sorts of tools, but it, it is interesting because it does potentially make people who already use iOS devices more comfortable on the Mac, too. Um, and sure. Maybe and they can them are, to buy ones. There are there more are iOS there users are than more. Mac users. Yeah. It's uh, hard for Mac users to hear, but, but all of that, But all of that put together just goes to show you once again that's like well, why spend all this time if you're not convinced that the Mac is a platform right. worth fighting for right well I mean my I, I, I wrote a semi despondent column on Macworld it took a turn why do you I'm hate saying. the Mac Jason why why um, do you hate it I, and I love the Mac I actually had somebody Gus, Gus Miller who uh, does uh, uh, flying meat software mm-hmm. um, was asking me because he saw that I was writing on my iPad at uh, a session he said do you use the Mac anymore <laughs> and I said I sit in front of an iMac Pro for like eight hours a day every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely do. I just love the iPad when I'm not sitting in front of my Mac. But I did have that moment where I thought, okay, the Mac is defined by what I, iOS. It's kind of defined by what iOS isn't. Yeah. It's like it, it isn't. And, and I, I wrote down what Federighi said on stage and in his interview with, with Lauren Good from Wired. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is kind of like, well, you know, mouse and keyboard working together. Uh, different shapes, uh, you know, hanging off a bunch of hard drives, plugging in a bunch of monitors, stuff like that. And it's like, okay, those are all things that iOS doesn't do today right. and that it seems unlikely they'll do. Um, but when I got to the software part, I thought, well, yeah, we can say that the Mac is also defined by these apps that are simply way more than you would see on iOS, like Final Cut Pro or something like that. And it's like, yeah. in the long run, like, 
the iPad Pro can run something like Final Cut yeah. Pro. It, it wouldn't necessarily be as good as it running on, uh, on an iMac Pro, but it's probably as good yeah. as running it on a MacBook. And, and and that, and that leads me to that last, this is when it took a turn. It's right. like, is Apple going to not advance yeah. iOS and make it more powerful over time? And doesn't that eat further and further into how the Mac is defined as being different? I don't know. I mean, the, the, the big question there for me, and I think probably for a lot of the Mac developers of our acquaintance, is this whole idea that, like, it's about control, right? Like, the Mac is a platform that's been around for 30 years, and it is... It was developed in an era where things were very different. Uh, iOS was built from the ground up using all the lessons Apple had learned in the development of the Mac. So sure, you can get to a future, you can easily envision a future where something like a Final Cut Pro or a Logic is running on an iPad. But because of the way that iOS is designed, the question is, is Apple interested in opening all the doors that have been wide open on the Mac. So things like, I think of Rogue Amoeba software, right? Like stuff right. that fundamentally plays with the system in ways that on iOS are, are going to be very hard to let fly. And it will take a conscious decision on Apple's part to say, yes, we're going to allow that kind of application, utility application that lets you do things like intercept audio or stuff like that. And I'm not convinced that they will say, go right. that direction. They, they iOS, might, but like they just, have the Mac they, they, as an outlet, even if true. they don't want to do it. Right. Now. We have seen with the Mac app store that they, they have one of the reasons they, they, they do this control thing is because they aren't yet, they haven't yet built a security model right. that allows exactly. apps to say, I would like to intercept audio yes. and, and then give the, provide an acceptable way of doing it. And they may get there, right. but you're right. The Mac can last, I think, a long time. This is why, you know, just because I say it took a turn, it doesn't mean that I think the Mac is going to be dead in t two years. I think I just sort of see how how the path of it kind of trailing into irrelevance happens because yeah. it becomes more and more pro. It becomes more and more legacy. It's for people who want to do... And the nice thing about the iOS integration, sort of, is you end up with these devices that are Macs when you need them to be Macs, yeah. but have all, all the advantages or most right, of the advantages sure. of iOS. And I thought, okay... Could Apple make a convertible Mac where it's a laptop or a tablet? And I thought, well, you know, once you've got a bunch of apps that have the ability to sense touch because they came from iOS, but they also have the ability to be used with a keyboard and a mouse, like, at that point, you, you could totally make a convertible Mac. And I think the reason, screen convertible the, the reason they're so ardently, you know, talk about it not happening is because you don't necessarily want your... There are a lot of bad examples of that, and sure. I think they don't want themselves associated with that. Not to say they couldn't make a good one. I firmly believe they have the engineering chops to pull it off. Yeah, and, and this is now when we see this, uh, like, bringing all the iOS software to the Mac, it, it starts to make more sense because that's stuff that was built for touch because the Mac right. wasn't built for touch. And retrofitting it seemed really weird, but having apps that are capable of interpreting touch events just as easily as mouse events changes the game a little bit, which is interesting. People always say, oh, but Apple says that they're not going to do it. Like, okay, we have read, lots of examples. Read, we, we, were the between the lines. we were at the <laughs> California Theater last night for John Gruber's Talk Show Live. That's where Steve Jobs unveiled the video iPod after saying, like, months before, nobody wants a video iPod. Yep. Um, Apple doesn't pre-announce hardware. So if Apple believes, maybe Apple believes there will never be a touchscreen Mac. Maybe Apple has a touchscreen Mac coming this fall. Yeah. It's probably not. It's probably something that we're thinking about, like, 2020, when there might be ARM Macs, and maybe there will be lots of iOS apps that also run on the Mac, and that maybe that will be the time. 
but until they release that product, they're never going to say they're not going to be like, "Oh yeah, we're totally working on that," sure, right, and it'll right, be out right. in two years. They're going to say no, no, because the way it works is they say no until they do it, and they say yes, but now is the right time to do it. Right, and we or, were the right or people. We and solved it. We right? figured like, it out. We thought everything before this wasn't so of course, very good. Yeah. So of course they say that. But yeah. I, I, so it always gets me when people are like, "No, but they said they're never going to do it, so they're never going to do it." It's like, and like, like no, we were talking about. Of course they said. You that. have to read between the lines too, right? Like uh, my example was saying like, you know, we said we're never going to merge to iOS and the Mac. Instead, we killed them both, and we came up with a third thing, right? Yeah. Like, technically, it's just not a lie, right? It's very, poli- it's very politician. Mm. Like, technically, what I said was true, or Obi Wan Kenobi, from a certain point of view. From a certain point of view, and well, and also having a, you know, you're, that convertible. That's not a merger of iOS and Mac. Right. It's, it's a Mac. It's, it's a it's, Mac in tablet mode running iOS apps. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very fine line. It's a wedge. Well, I'm going to write a piece about this at some point. But I have one another thing I've been thinking is like, why do I like um, my iPad? Why would I not, if, if, if the answer is I like the software, then why would I not, uh, in a year, when iOS apps flood the App Store, uh, for the Mac App Store, why would I not just get a MacBook instead? Because that, then the software problem is solved. Sure. And the answer, I've I got to think about it a lot more, but part of the answer is that I like the iPad because I like it when it, w- I like having it in tablet mode. Yeah. Like literally, yes, I have a keyboard for my iPad, but most of the time I just hold the tablet in my hands and sure. I'm touching things on the screen and it's great. So if I had a Mac that could be a tablet and then also be a Mac, I'd be super into that. Yeah, and it doesn't I- have to be like iOS when it's a tablet. It could be running... All the stuff that we already know, you know, yeah. a, a version of the home screen that's essentially like the launcher that's in Mac OS, and maybe it only runs apps that take touch events. Um, you could make something that is a Mac, but accepts touch events and is a convertible, and I would be intrigued by that product because I, I, I do like the Mac, I, I agree. but I also like having that iOS tablet. Well, well, that's experience. the thing is like, and I and I look at the stuff that I carry with me when I come out here for a week, and it's like I brought my iPad and my Mac, and it's like. It seems dumb, but there are different yeah, use cases I, for them. I stopped doing it, but it means like when we're done with this, I'm going to have to use a another box I brought to transfer the audio file via Wi-Fi to that other box right. to my iPad in order to um, in order to get the files to edit them. Right. And like you could have just plugged it into your Mac. Wouldn't it be great <laughs> if I had? Uh, something that worked like my iPad, but then I could flip it around and open a terminal or run Audio Hijack. Yeah, yeah that, that would be great. great. That would be great. Um, I'm not saying they'll do it. I, I I just think we're in a fascinating place now where Apple could make the the Mac seem more like iOS if it wanted to. Apple could make iOS seem more like the Mac if it wanted to. It's all to play for. I think the the, the thing that would disappoint me the most would be if Apple says, nope, we erected this wall. Yeah. And laptops are on one side of it, and tablets are on the other, and they will never intersect. And we have we have two separate worlds, yeah. and they will never intersect. I don't think that's likely to happen because I think we've seen lots of examples where it's kind of fun to um, cross those lines. That an iOS laptop might be fun, a Mac, a convertible Mac that could well, be a tablet might be fun. Those might be good and, products, maybe not. And maybe. and I think fundamentally, what Apple has realized in the past and should be realizing here is. It's better for you to cannibalize yourself totally. than to have other people come in and take that category from you. And I'm not saying anybody else is necessarily close to that, but if you if you put up that wall and the fact is people are interested in the crossover and having something that sort of blurs the lines, somebody else could come in and do that. How many kids, like, because I, so I have two teenagers, like, they love their iOS devices. Yeah. 
And my, my daughter's got a MacBook, and my son's got a MacBook Air, and they like those too, but they love their iOS devices. Their primary devices yeah. are my son's iPad and my daughter's iPhone, right? So then they go off to school. Like, my daughter's going to college next year, and she'll take her MacBook with her, and it's fine. But, like, if you're Apple, isn't there a huge opportunity there, whether it's making the Mac more iOS-like or just making that iOS laptop that you take to school? I would think that there's a huge opportunity for for actual growth yeah. in their product line to reach those people. And that the Mac is jarring enough from the perspective of being an iOS user sure. that um, they could do a better job there. Now, yeah. th- what form that takes is the great mystery. Is is it just all those apps you know from iOS are now on the Mac, so yay? Or is it we have created a thing that's way more familiar to you? It's yeah. like a, a laptop of your iPhone. And don't right. you want this instead of getting a PC or, or, or something like yeah. that? So I, th- I, th- I agree with you. I think there's opportunity there. And I think, uh, you know, I believe Apple is smart enough to investigate that. The question is whether or not that will ever be something that comes to fruition. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing that kills me, right, is that, is that um, there are people in Apple whose job it is to do this stuff, right? right. To, like, what if we made them, what if we had Marzipan apps running uh, but interpreting touch commands on a touchscreen Mac that is convertible into a tablet? How, how, what are the issues there? Right. And, they, you know, they investigate that stuff, and they're like, well, okay, we could do it, but, or they're like, no, we totally couldn't do that. And it probably changes over time as yep. they investigate these things because they're not stupid. They don't they don't um, build a product as a shot in the dark and get it all the way and release it right. and think, well, right. I hope this works. Yeah. Like, they don't do it that way. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they are, uh, they are, there are people on the outside who think that they do it that way. They do not yeah, do it that not, way. not a thing. I, I am sure they have been making convertible touchscreen Macs on the inside uh, at Apple for a decade. Yeah, I mean, as long as, <laughs> at least. as long as Windows has been doing that, I'm sure they've at least been investigating. Certainly. There, remember, yeah, there used to be those, like, mod books, right? Where in yeah, the yeah. mod books that the third-party... It was an iBook. It yeah, was like the white iBook. It was like somebody iBook. an iBook or a MacBook into, era, a touch screen, into a touchscreen. Yeah. And a graphics tablet yeah, because it was for yeah. artists. Right, because that, well, that was all we had at that point. That was that's pretty true. iOS, true. That's true. And that's the only way you could envision it is, like, I guess people might want to draw things on their Mac. And, and this takes us back to the, the point about, like, Apple does it when it's ready. Like, yeah. I look at this, you know, iOS on Mac, sneak peek, marzipan, whatever you want to call it, and I, I, I see the outline of Apple being ready. Like, it doesn't... I can see them saying, well, it didn't make sense to do touchscreens on Macs when we the Mac interface is entirely based on the premise of a mouse and a keyboard. Right. But the good news is, using our new technologies, yeah, yeah. Um, you can make things that are native touch events sensitive too, and so now it makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and that's why their story changes in 2020 or whenever, um, is because of all the great work that we did to research this and come up with a new solution. Sure. And it's not, it's not wrong. Like, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. like Once you have apps that, that natively understand touch... On the Mac, the Mac wa- makes way more sense as a touchscreen sure. device. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, <laughs> no like one's just gonna, took them a while. No one's going to argue that like you just slap a touchscreen on a Mac right now and it's usable, right? Like, no, it would be bad. It would, be, it would not be a good experience. No, the, ar- the argument is that Apple should have ten years ago or five years ago should have started aggressively like adding touch elements to the Mac. But I think Apple's argument would be they were too busy figuring out touch on another platform yeah. and and. And maybe they thought that the iPad really would just completely kill the Mac sure. in short order. And although the iMac sells more Mac than Macs on a quarterly basis, doesn't make as much revenue, but it sells more units on a quarterly basis, what it hasn't done is, like, kill the Mac. Right. And so at some point they're like, oh, okay, the Mac is sticking around. We've seen it in hardware. We've seen it yeah. in the software. Oh, it is sticking around. Maybe there's another path forward here where yeah. we take yeah. our, our skill at 
at building um, touch apps and having a thriving touch app marketplace, and we bring that to the Mac. And then that leads us to a new device that's not quite an iPad and not quite a Mac, but is a Mac, kind of. <laughs> that's, they'll probably that's come the up with, They'll plan. probably come up with a better pitch. That's not but, the, yeah. Phil Schiller will not say that on stage to John Gruber. <laughs> Everyone will just be like, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, but it will be. Can you imagine that moment yeah, at, at, at a September Apple event, let's say, where they show uh, a new laptop and they're like, aha, but wait, you haven't seen it all. And the screen comes off and it's basically an iPad. Yeah. Um, but again, what, what I find intriguing about this, but it's not an iPad. It's still a Mac Yeah, that's, that's Before it would have been like, is it going to run two OSs? Right, What's that going to be like? Switch to iOS when like, you pull no, it off? Yeah. No, because those apps are, are on the Mac too. And uh, that would be really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that moment. I mean, I, I always look forward to those big inflection points where it everything seems People to be like, their oh, minds. what is, what is happening? And then you look back. The, the great thing sense. about it is you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, they've been doing this for fun. This is the, I keep talking about the blind man and the elephant. Like, yeah. we get these little pieces and we got some more this week. And it's that, and there, so there are more blind men touching the elephant <laughs> now. But, um, but is this it, rhinoceros? You, you start to get the idea. You're like, oh, I see where they're going here. Right. And in hindsight, you see it all. In yeah. hindsight, like, like all of those changes that they were making to notification center and to control center and the swipe gestures and all those things. Sure. And we're like, oh, the iPhone 10 is what they were doing. Right, right. right. Or, or even now, you know, like you know, making changes to the iPad interface and being like, yeah, there's like an iPhone 10 style iPad coming. Yeah, totally. Clearly, clearly. clearly. But yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, it is. And then that's, that's good for the blind men. Because then they'll, <laughs> yes. they'll they'll in, see in the future. Yeah, they'll see that elephant. It's very confusing. I guess I'm sorry for that confusing. metaphor, but it's. I mean, that's. A, I think that's a good parable where you've got a whole bunch of people who have small amounts of information and can't put the big picture together, which is why I well, use because it. we're missing things, right? Like, yeah. you're always you're never going to have everything that Apple's doing, um, but you're getting dribs and drabs. We talked yeah. about this long clockwise yesterday too, or the idea of like it's interesting that we're getting all of this at the same time that we hear rumors about ARM-based Macs, right? Like, yeah, it's like that's. That seems could, like it should be connected. Could be but connected. Like what? How is that play out? Right. Like right. We're, we're, we've got we've got breadcrumbs, but we don't have the whole loaf. Right. And, and the people with those sources are could, could be like you know their supply chain building test products. They don't know what they're for. Yeah, absolutely. Like that could <laughs> they have no idea. And it may they may just be test products. We don't know. Well, um, you and I have talked, and we'll talk more about all this stuff next week, uh, this week in podcasts that we've done. Um, thanks to everybody out there for subscribing to this secretive podcast and all of six colors mm-hmm. and uh we will be back next week but until then bye dan bye jason i'm waving bye